Welcome back, everyone, to Feed the Bear, a Mayor of Kingstown podcast. You can find out more about us at dvrpodcast.com. You can become a patron like Lady Pris. She sent me a message on the Twitter that I just saw, but from was a while ago. She had followed us on Podcast Winterfell, which I knew. And uh, now she's become a fan of Mayor Kingstown. So I hope you are enjoying the podcast. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash DVR. And now that we do not have a sponsor for the show, all new patrons are appreciated. There's tons of exclusive stuff you can find on there and all the old stuff without commercials. So head on over there. You should also head on over to YouTube and check out One Mike and subscribe because we have our guest this evening is One Mike himself. What's up, Mike? <laughs> what's up, One Mike? <laughs> uh, yeah, what's up, man? Uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I haven't even got a video out for this episode yet, so this is going to be my first time really even talking about it or yeah. not, not thinking about it. I've actually thought about this episode quite a bit uh more than any of the previous ones just because uh i'm trying to like frame it within the season like you know i I don't know how many episodes this season is offhand but um you know five episodes in kind of thinking like okay where where have we gone so far so i've thought about this episode a lot but yeah uh happy to be here haven't talked mayor of kingstown with you at all so uh I, I hope to live. I hope to be able to adequately fill Heath's uh, massive clown size shoes. You, you will. You will. <laughs> and we do want to give a shout out to Heath. He is wrapping up work on the the watchable quote unquote final cut of his movie Star City Murders. He's going to be having the premiere in gosh about a week. So. We might, maybe we'll have you back again next week, Mike. You never know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. We'll see how that goes for Heath. But uh, we're going to be talking about season two, episode five of Mayor of Kingstown called Killbox, directed by Guy Furland, written by Taylor Sheridan, Hugh Dillon, and Leon Hendricks. And Guy Furland, who has. Yeah, he I did he, I think he directed a mayor of he did yeah, he did a couple episodes last year. He's done 1923, Tulsa King, SWAT, Yellowstone, Mayans. He's man, this guy's directed a ton of stuff. So I probably talked about this last season. I'm going to see how far back he goes that we can name a show that you'll be like, "What?" Ed, remember that show Ed from the early 2000s? Yes, he directed The House. Nip Tuck. That's a show that that kind of gets lost in the history of, you know, the golden age of TV, the first like real great serialized dramas. Nip Tuck. Didn't that come on like USA? Um, or is that on TNT or no? Like it wasn't like on a was FX. It wasn't like a pop. Oh, it was really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, it was FX. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The early one, right after the Shield. Um. So we're gonna be talking about episode five, and uh, before we get into it, though, I do have an email to read. Um. That someone kind of set up from Rod, who set us straight on Milo's money which obviously we're going to be talking about more tonight. But before I read that email, I want to ask you, Mike, you talked about trying to put this episode in context of the season. I believe Mm -hmm. it is going to be 10 episodes, so we're halfway through. Um, I'd like to ask you, what are your impressions of this season so far in comparison to last season and just in comparison to what you like out of good TV? Um, I think this season... Um, well, I, well, actually, I, I haven't talked about season one at all, but I, I really enjoyed season one. I thought it was a really uh, exciting show to watch, a fun show to watch. Uh, I really like Jeremy Renner, man. I always have. I don't know why. I just thought, I don't know. He's a really, I don't know. He feels like a relatable guy, man. Like, just, <laughs> I don't know. But I've always liked Jeremy Renner. Uh, I thought it was a, a really entertaining, fun show. Um, this season, I feel, is not quite up to uh, the first season. And the reason I've been kind of trying to like kind of like place myself within the season is I kind of feel like it's starting to drag a little bit at this point. Like we're getting very little progress. Like, you know, one of the things that uh, I thought about when I was thinking about this episode is just how many times we've had to hear the uh, 
get me out of here, Mike conversation. Mm-hmm. And then Mike, uh, I'll be, I'm doing my thing on the outside. You do your thing in the inside. I'm trying in here. Yep. I'm trying out here, bunny. Something's like how many happen. times they've had that conversation, you know, like yep. just this, it, it's, that's the prison thing. I, I'm like at a point where talking about placing myself in the season. Like I'm at a point where I need the prison thing to like something to happen here. So then we can kind of deal with the fallout uh, going forward from that. Uh, but you know, other than that, I, I feel like the, um, when it's good, it's great. Uh, but it's lacking. I think some of the excitement, some of the suspense, I think, um, of the first season. Uh, but I mean, I still find it to be a really enjoyable show and I look forward to watching it every week, but you know, I, I think it, it has, if it, if we get a third season of this, which I kind of feel like we won't. Um, but if we were hypothetically to get a third season, um, there's a few things that I would say they need to re- be rid of on this show. One of those things being Iris. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was going to say, having watched your videos, I know that you feel very much the same that we do about the convoluted nature of the Iris story. And, you know, I mean, we didn't see her this episode and yeah. that was great. I and we, she only had like the one scene like one or two scenes in yeah. the previous one, At which were kind of the same scene, her getting into some kind of starting to do drugs and then losing her drugs, you know? So mm-hmm. it was not much growth there. And I'm okay with that because if she is kind of a long con in a way on the viewer, like we've been talking about, I would prefer that than having it. I don't, I don't need to check in with people. Like as far as I'm concerned, once we move past and into that golden age of TV I was talking about where these serialized dramas, heavily serialized dramas became really popular, you don't need the check-in. If I don't see a character for five episodes, that's fine. You don't need to, rem- you can remind me in the coming attraction or whatever, but if they come back, if I don't remember them, that's my fault. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I sh- it, it, it's kind of like a trust with the viewer. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad we didn't see her. Um, yeah, I'm feeling. I feel like this show. We we talk. Heath and I have talked about this season is a bit more actiony, kind of first tense. First, there is not a lot of the more contemplative scenes that of like Mike at his cabin. Um, yeah, we have it. Has he even? Yeah, like have we even seen the cabin? No, I don't think so. No, because they're yeah. not. They're not shooting in Canada yeah, they're anymore. Shooting somewhere else, <laughs> they're right? in yeah. Pittsburgh, and yeah. it was this. This episode was the first. I loved time. when you. I'm sorry. I, I, I loved when you guys talked about the how they've kind of like worked around that. <laughs> like you see it again, like, but yeah, this is yeah. like the first time we. Well, at the second time, the first time we saw it when they toured a pri- the prison. Now we're actually they're at an actual prison, but. Just I was I I um I rewatched a little bit of what was it like the third episode I was looking at the tent city and I was like this is so obviously nowhere you know what I mean? like it's just like it's in a it's in like an abandoned area you know what I'm saying like, there's no way that they would make that or anyone would allow them to make that into a prison right like it just it did not make much sense um and they're kind of do and that's you know. We're seeing that again, where like he's waking up in this episode too and talking to people. I guess he's living at the office. We've not really established that. We never established what happened to the cabin. So I feel like the show has kind of changed and it is shorter. Again, we have a short episode. It feels a bit more streamlined. I'm still enjoying it. I still, like you said, I love Jeremy Renner. Just a couple times when he's like, Every episode, he's like, yeah, thanks. Th- thanks a lot. Thanks a fucking lot. And he just kind of walks off. He's great. I love him. And Bunny's great. The whole crew is just, I really love this show. We're also missing a lot of Miriam's history lessons that we were getting a lot last year, which brought, which kind of tied together the major themes of the show. Um, it just seems like it is more plot heavy and plot forward this season, but I am still enjoying it. I did still enjoy this episode. I'm glad that you're still enjoying it. You talk about a season three. I was thinking about that today with, um, with Renner basically like crushing one or both of his legs or whatever happened to him. Right. They're not really, 
It's not really saying exactly. It could be a real long time if there is another season. I don't know. Yeah. I, I haven't heard anything about it. What you you say you don't think so. Why do you think that? Be- because of what you said. Because of how badly he's hurt. Yeah. Like I feel like that's the kind of thing where like he's it's gonna be a long time before he's even resembling just like normal gait. Like I, I got mm-hmm. I feel like he's a long way away from uh acting again in general. And then yeah. whenever he if, if he does decide to come back to acting at some point, I don't know if this show would be the top of his priorities. I I don't know, but I, I just feel like it's gonna be a thing where like if he ever comes back to acting, it a bit it will have been too long and there's probably not gonna be you know, unless unless they do a thing where Mayor Mayor Kingstown season three is kind of like the same vibe as like Logan, and he, he's like old as shit now, and he's like, <laughs> do, do, do or he's thing. not on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, that's something that I I was thinking about, you know. But I don't know if we're gonna have Kyle take over. Uh, I don't know if Kyle's gonna make it out of this season. Honestly, <laughs> I, say, I don't know about Kyle, man. Yeah. That's that guy's the poster child for trauma yeah that man, is what a shitty time that guy said <laughs> very true very true all right all right let's get into the show um let me start out with rod's email because it helps give just a little background now it doesn't matter so much we know where the bearer bonds well we know someone took them but we've been following them more but just to kind of uh, bring it up to speed he has some nice things to say about us which i won't read but thank you rod he says mitch has mike and kyle grab the 200k in episode 101 mitch never found the bus or the 14 million in bonds. Whether he knew about them or not is a different story. Always wanted that flashback. After Mike meets with Milo in the prison, the meeting that never took place, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes, he is told to go in to retrieve the box. True. Mike stumbles upon the bus, calls the police department, and gives it to the DA. Then they, they've talked about this again, too, that this is part of the reason why the DA is kind of high on his horse. Remember right. when he goes and to meet Milo's lawyer afterwards and throws him around, yeah, and takes him to the back alley of the original office and he pisses himself. I do remember that. And the lawyer tells him that he found the wrong box. Uh, okay, that's the story of the box. Anyway, love the show. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Yeah, that that was kind of part of the fun of last season, trying to figure that out. It's a little convoluted, but now it doesn't, now we know where the stuff is, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I I will say though, I feel like it took us too long to get to this point of like realizing <laughs> what the fuck Milo's whole purpose was. Yeah, it's kind like, of fun. But and you're right. that, and that, and and whenever we discover what Iris's deal is, it will have taken too long to get there too. And and the fact that the the box thing was convoluted when you when you mix it with what happened with the bus and. It, it it was a little it was a little messy for right. us to get to a place that and okay, the other two hundred k too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like now we're here and I don't I don't know now what I'm, I'm a, I am I will admit uh, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. I am a little bit intrigued on uh, what happened to the bonds in this episode. Let's talk though. about it. Let's talk about the okay. money. Let's talk about Milo's money. Um, just to give a little background here, I have it here. First, we see Skinny Pete, Horace, but I call him Skinny Pete. I've been calling him Skinny Pete in my okay, nose. Yeah. So, same same um, deal. She's found at the house by Joseph. Oh, don't. Of course, why did you go back to your fucking house? But that's another story <laughs> about everyone in Kingstown. Um, Mike has a conversation with Stevie and Ian at the diner about the money. And this is when he says he when Stevie says he didn't check it in, but it's at the police lockup. Right then, Milo um, gets one of his goons to come take Joseph, like a VIP, to um, Milo's because he always calls him Milo. Mm-hmm. Um, to Milo's, and then Milo Milo gets kind of mad at him. He says, "You didn't find anything. You killed both of them. You didn't get any information." And I thought he was maybe going to kill Joseph, but he just kind of says, "I'll take care of it." I thought that was a good moment uh, for that character because I was feeling the same way about Joseph and I was starting to get a little irritated by Milo's number one guy or his hint, his, his right hand man or whatever, 
making really bad decisions. And I, I'm like, like I was thinking like when I was watching it, I'm like, Skinny Pete is working from a huge, huge, huge advantage right now. And the way that scene played out, it didn't play out that way. And he had a huge advantage. And I'm just like, why would you like as far as you know, this is the only person that could tell you where Milo's money is at. And you just torture him and kill him like that's yeah. not like that guy should be saying, I'll tell you because you work for Milo. It's not even your money. So you got to deal with Milo if you don't get that money. Like you should be <laughs> taking that guy out to dinner mm-hmm. or some shit <laughs> to find you out You should where be those, giving him those bonds are at. You can take a million. Tell us where it is. We'll give you a million. You <laughs> exactly. Know? Try to work exactly. with the guy like Mike would. Yeah. So like that, like, so I appreciated the fact that Milo said, Hey, you know, you know, you're fuck up, right? Like that was, that was a really bad decision. I was like, oh, okay, good. So the, everybody recognizes <laughs> that Joseph is a fuck up and it's not just me being nitpicky. So yeah, I, I appreciated that scene. Yeah. But it doesn't really, again, it's like Milo we still have, and one, and this is talked about at the diner scene, their new hangout spot. Um, they, Mike mentions Milo and Stevie and Ian are like, you, st- you think he's still around? Now, Mike has already told him like five times, yeah, he's not <laughs> dead. That, right? This is how kind of the season started, where he was like, yeah. I think Milo got out. Why aren't we looking for him? So Milo is still supposed to be in hiding or people don't know maybe people some people in the underworld have heard so he's gonna have to kind of come out right expose himself to find <laughs> the bonds but then we see somebody steal them from the police station yeah um, <laughs> so who do you is, think is took that, it is that how you interpreted the scene like what? well well so i i I interpreted the scene as like my, well, my takeaway from it is that Milo has like a mole on the police force. Okay. Because that looked to me like, so the first time I watched it, I thought the guy that the guy locked the evidence locker and then someone came in behind him and went in and took the bonds. And then I rewound it. He and what I think happened it. is it's the opposite. He yeah. unlocked yep. the evidence locker and he sat the yeah. lock open in the cage, like hanging there. So he set it up so that guy could come in or, or girl could come in and take those bonds. So I don't think that was a, uh, like a random person that was stealing something like that. Like found out about the bonds. I'm going to take those because you would have had to have help on the inside. And I feel like that to me, I feel like that means Milo must have somebody in the police, uh, somebody, a mole in the police or, or maybe he's got like, you know, taking somebody's, family members hostage or something like mm-hmm. that. But that's how, I, that's how I took that scene is yes, that Milo had that person steal the bonds. I, I would agree with you. Um, and I think that you laid it out and there's not much to disagree with. He let him take it. He did the old kind of newspaper thing you know what I mean? like mm-hmm. that they have to do in movies. You have to pretend you're doing something else and then walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I wonder is that person Stevie? Because it's... I wondered that too. Okay, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think about it too much. So you, l- lay out your your thoughts on that, if, unless if you have more thoughts on that. I just feel like everybody is turning against Mike, right? <laughs> like nobody want nobody has his back anymore. Um, I mean, we see Kareem. We'll talk about what's happened in the prison and how much he's involved and what went down. But he isn't taking Mike's call. He tells him, I don't work for you, Mike. I think that you you have him, Mike, starting shit. Remember when he was yelling at them in front of the police station before and it was Ian and Stevie? I just Mm -hmm. feel like his grasp is very loose and it just makes sense because Stevie was kind of being weird about it, you know? He was like, what am I supposed to do, Mike? It just seemed a little off to me. Um, but I like that. I, I like what you're talking about. Something else happened. Because with in the scene with Joseph, Joseph did not find out where the stuff was, right? So that's what Milo says to him. You didn't get, they're both dead. They can't talk now. You didn't get information. So he has to use, but in order to for that to happen, 
isn't that exposing himself in some way? I don't know if it's going to really, if it's meaningful, but I guess in a way it kind of is, right? Yeah, but like, it, like if he has like, so say, let's say hypothetically Stevie w- is working for Milo and this whole time he's been, si- he knows that he's sitting on Milo's bonds. Like maybe it, it could still be somebody who's like on the inside, but just didn't, re- well, not, I can't say didn't realize they didn't have them, but what's they, you know, they didn't have anything to even, any information that was useful to Milo until the bonds came in. So I, I don't know, man. I, I'm 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 curious if it's intentionally as ambiguous as it is, because sometimes I don't know. I get a little <laughs> bit conf- I, I, I get a little bit confused with what I think they're trying to say. Like I felt yeah. like they were a little wishy washy when they talked about whether or not the bonds were signed in or checked in or in evidence. Yes, like, I, exactly. I felt like that terminology got a little murky, and I'm like, okay, are the bonds like uh-huh. are they on record or not? That's, like you know so. Yep. Like I feel like they get a little wishy washy with stuff, so I don't like. I when I see scenes like that where I'm not completely sure how to interpret it, I'm like, well, did they fuck that up, or are they are they giving me only what they want to give me? So I don't I, know. I tend to think when they do that with this show, and that's that kind of detective story noir speak where things are mentioned over and over, and it's just basic. It's it's you know it's it's kind of like the. Uh, it's not like a red herring, but it's almost like the the box in Pulp Fiction where it just glows, you know. Mm-hmm. Or uh, what do they call that in the um, the Hitchcock movies? The uh, uh, oh man, I'm losing my train of thought on it. The um, the object, just basically an object or word or phrase that you keep hearing, and you're like, why am I hearing this? And it's it's basically a signal that it's important to the plot. So that's why mm-hmm. we're agreeing on that, that it just, they keep on talking about that. And I'm like, what does it fucking matter? They're there, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so there's some other thing that's going on, but he, but I like what you said about, he could also be, he could have the squeeze on Stevie in some way as well. Um, but it just seems, I mean, yeah. everything is falling apart, man. Everything around Mike is falling apart. We start the episode out, the office. It's good to see Rebecca's back from her five minute break. That that's nice to see. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was so. I weird. thought they made a big deal of the five minute break. I'm like, did something happen to her? Like, <laughs> I know. I, about I, d- I just thought it was funny. It's just nope. They just decided to put a note on there. Um, but all the people are in the office. They're saying that they lost their relatives. Um, obviously, in this big prison move. And we're seeing again, we're kind of reminded that Mike actually does have a job like this. He's supposed to be this go between the between the system and the people. Um, He doesn't seem to really be doing that job, but we do get to meet (laughs) Bunny's cousin, Mm -hmm. Rhonda, who I thought was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. um, I I liked Rhonda because Rhonda. Rhonda was a very relatable character. Like, I feel like I, I've I've met a lot of people yes, like that. Yep. And um, uh, did did you get the vibe? Like, I, I already feel like they're gonna end up fucking. Like, you, you get that vibe, right? I'm hoping so. This is see, I am hoping. For me, I was like, okay, this is good because she kind of they go toe to toe with each other a couple times, right? Both mm-hmm. in the office and then when he goes and meets her at her shop, right? Her um, I guess it's like a uh, hair salon or something, right? Mm-hmm. And they really go toe to toe. She pushes him, he pushes back, and they both get in a little turned on by it. And I'm like, could this mean that Mike could finally like give up on Iris and get on with his life? Like that would be kind of interesting if they have this push and pull between Rhonda and Iris for Mike. I like that. Yeah, she, she's a little she's a little spicy, but then also she always manages to slide in a compliment on his appearance. Whatever, uh, yes, yes. whatever, whatever she, she's and like that's that's classic. Like I said, I, I've met a lot of women like that. That's that's the move. Like if you meet a black woman and she said she calls you a pretty ass white boy, like that you're in, you're yep. in. So yeah. like, so like she she did that in each scene, like the first scene in his office and the scene at her salon yeah she both she complimented his i don't remember the, what she said exactly but she complimented his appearance in both scenes and then he was smiling like the fucking cheshire cat from alice in wonderland when he handed her his business card so like yeah that, and then i'm thinking like that's gonna make 
for an interesting dynamic too if he starts to form a relationship with Bunny's cousin like that could be an interesting thing if you know and maybe like a future season or maybe even later in this one so I'm like oh, I like where this is going I like I like what they're cooking right here yeah I like it too but in a way too though for I mean obviously she really wants him to find Bunny but it also could give Bunny some sort of control over Mike if they are together in some way or mm -hmm. she could also use that that what's going on between them for the same purposes. So, because in this world, everything is not always what it seems and people have, and she had talked about, I think when in the first conversation, she said something like, it's only a matter of time until people are like bothering her, right? Mm -hmm. Coming into what she's doing. So mm -hmm. we can assume that she's involved in the game in some way as well. She's maybe not just or his just cousin. Be, well, maybe, but she could also just be like a, uh, like a potential, like a, a like like a chess move. Like oh, 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 she's not being protected now. This is how we can strike at Bunny. Like it might not necessarily ah, be true. The game. It might just be like oh, now his cousin's not protected. That could ah, be some, That could yeah. be a way we could get to him. And and there is a little bit of a um, perhaps foreshadowing foreshadowing when she says to him, <laughs> calls him out on his white savior bullshit, mm -hmm. right? Where in a, in a sense, could it be that he does in some way turn out again, like with Iris or something, if she gets into trouble because we see what's going on with Bunny? Um, that's that's interesting. Uh, let's talk a little about that. Let's transition into Bunny. And what's going on in the prison. And before we do that, because we let you down with Milo's money, I decided to do a little research and identify by name all the people in the prison because they don't say their names a lot. So we know that Bunny is the leader of the Crips. Okay. Mm -hmm. Dedrick is the leader of the Bloods. Gunner, that's the guy that that's the guy with now with one eye, right? Yes. Okay. Gunner is the big Nazi white dude with tattoos. He's the leader of the Aryans. Yep. And Luis is the leader of the Mexican gang. Okay. Okay. The big dude who comes up to Bunny and tells him we're all black now, right? Like the Crips and the Bloods are working together. Mm -hmm. is named Big Hush. Okay. And the guy with the dreads who we've seen before, who seems to be Bunny's kind of second in command or who, his inside man in the prison, mm -hmm. is Raphael. Okay. Yeah, so. I think that's Bunny's... Uh, you know how Bunny has been saying like he was going to have like his cousin run the inside yeah. once he got out? Mm -hmm. I think that's who that is. Yeah. Ooh, so could Raphael be related... Um. Toronto. I mean, yes, theoretically. Theoretically, possibly. Yeah. But, so, I mean, that's that's what I'm uh, kind of assuming. But yeah, I, I um, yeah, I, I actually caught the names for the first time in this episode, actually, because um, I had to kind of shoot around given the events of the ending. Uh, there were names mentioned. I'm like, wait, who was that? Who was that? Who was right. that? So I got, uh, yeah, I had to, I had to make sure because uh, the ending was also a situation that where I was like. Are they giving me just enough or are they kind of like being a little messy here? But uh, you asked about you want to talk about Bunny. And I liked a scene that uh, Bunny had in this episode because it was the one time where I felt like Bunny showed like he's been kind of like when I say he now I'm talking about the actor. Um, he's been doing a good job of showing this kind of like tough exterior, but these moments on his face where he's understanding the reality of a situation and is concerned mm -hmm. and in this episode they uh they when they notice that all of the other leaders are there and they're just and everyone else is kind of like already in the place where like yo mike fucked us like we got to do our own thing bunny starts like hypothesizing like yeah maybe this is like a mike master stroke where he managed to get all the leaders in here together and we're gonna play yep. and i'm like bunny you're like you're grasping at straws because you mm -hmm. see you see what's coming and you don't like it because you, you you know you care about Mike even though you don't want to admit it to yourself. And I thought there was a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of 
uh, importance in what he was doing in trying to convey the idea of like, I, I, I'm really grasping at straws because I really see the direction this is going for Mike and I don't want it to go that way. So I thought this was a cool episode for Bunny. And then I also thought it was interesting that he wear he was like wearing all white boxers and uh <laughs> like a t-shirt or whatever in the opening. I'm like, I, I don't know. I feel like he wouldn't wear like all white boxers. I don't know. <laughs> well, maybe that's all that he, they I feel like they'd be like prison. satin blue or some shit, like some yeah. crib shit, but he's wearing well, like fucking hospital, hospital brand. I, well, you know that that's an interesting <laughs> that's an interesting take because part of the plot line here is that he's been in this prison for a couple of days now while Mike has been running around looking for him and asking Carney to look for him, right? Mm-hmm. And where where's Bunny? We got to find Bunny. We got to find Bunny. But the truth is, is that he was basically kind of like having a panic attack. You know, he didn't want to leave his cell. He is, I think the way that they have written this is really kind of brilliant because he is the outside guy, right? There's a reason. And he's always hanging out in front of his crib, right? Or at his crib, sitting in a lawn chair. He, I, it does not seem like he is built to be in this prison, and he mm-hmm. is not handling it well. And he says that to Mike, like, I can't do this stretch. I can't do this. And perhaps it's from experiences he had before. We don't know everybody's history, right? We know Mike was in prison too, right? I think they had said that they might have been in together at some point. I really wish they had explored that. They're not having a lot a of those conversations this season, you know? It's, yeah, I, yeah, but I, I, it's just that you mentioned it. Like I remember thinking about that last season, and well, in season one, like it would be cool if they explored a little bit of Mike's history when he was locked yeah. up with the, uh, uh, with the Aryans or whatever. That like that would have been kind of cool. Definitely. But, yeah. Um, but I just I'm just pointing this out because his name's uh, the actor's name Toby Bam Tifa. I think that he's doing a great job of showing that, and you can yeah, he's see he's having a good season. Definitely. And he's losing his grip, right? Like Raphael sees it, Big Hush sees it, everybody sees it, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the interesting thing is that when he gets pulled away from Carney and put in the kill box, what that big white dude, that guard says, he says, Gunner wants you off the floor for this move. It's his mm-hmm. yard. I guess he's okay making this an Oreo house. So the way I read that is he's saying Gunner, the Aryan, right, is mm-hmm. now basically taking control because the person who put the who lit the match was mm-hmm. Big Hush. Mm-hmm. And the person who put the and as they did previously last year, when each gang got a chance to stab the guy, remember when they took out the the killer for mm-hmm. for the uh, guards, they work together. So they both are participating. They both can tell on each other. Right. It's like a way of trusting each other because the other dude is obviously an Aryan guy with all the fucking tattoos on him and they're killing Luis, the Mexican, the Mexican. Yep. So basically, somebody without Bunny knowing about it, there was a deal made between the Aryans and All Black, right, which is the Bloods mm-hmm. and the Crips, to take out the Mexican who, at the meeting with Kareem, was like, "I don't care what's going on. I'm doing what I'm doing." Right? Yep. Yep. So yep. they took him out, but Bunny was not a part of this. Exactly. That's and we are on the exact same page. And that's that's when I get to where I'm like, I, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to take with from this. I can't tell if Gunner was isolating Bunny to protect him from like any involvement in this or if Bunny has somehow been pushed out and someone else is in charge. Yeah. Well, so that's the only thing I can't I can't quite figure out. But yeah, like that, yeah, that's how I that's how I took it. Yeah. Okay. So we're on the same page. Good. Yeah, cuz mm-hmm. it took I had to watch it twice too to pick up on everything that was happening because at the same time Kareem that happens with there's we also have the whole thing with Kareem and what's going on. So that's there's so much going on in that scene. But um I thought it was very interesting and I guess 
what I came in the end, like you're saying, so, somebody, something else is going on. Is it Raphael? Is he taking control away from Could Bunny? Because be. there have been a couple times where he said, like the first time they talked, they've had like three different little quick conversations. And mm -hmm. in each one of them, Bunny has seemed kind of shocked. And he's kind of telling him what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So yeah, so that, yeah, that and that yeah that that's that's that was my takeaway from the from that scene, and I was also I'm also curious what exactly was happening with Bunny, and that's that's what I'm like. Am I supposed to understand what what's happening with Bunny, or am I supposed to be confused? That's that's where I'm kind of that's what I'm wondering because I I don't know if like I said I don't know if he's been pushed out or if he's being isolated because the way the way it was worded like Gunner wants you off the floor for this move right. that sounds like protection. That yeah. doesn't sound like you're out. That sounds like we're trying to we're trying to make it so that you you're not tied to this, which that sounds like help. Whereas if he's pushed out and it's like, and, but then like you said, it, it's what you say, big hush. He's the one that lights the match, and yep. and you know, so it looks like they've already made a deal that suggests to me that Bunny has been pushed out. So that's where I'm kind of that's what's kind of murky for me. I'm like, am I supposed to understand what happened here, or am I supposed to be weighing those two options? Yeah. I, it it seemed like that to me that maybe instead of killing him, if it is Raphael, whoever else is taking over, right? Maybe it's Dedrick. Who knows, right? If he if they're all blacks now, then there has to be one leader. Um, they just they maybe they don't want to kill Bunny. Maybe they just want to put him on the outside again. Yeah. You know, they don't, they, you don't always have to take the person out. And I think sometimes, you know, I mean, not, not in my experience in gangs or prison or anything, but <laughs> just watching these shows, right. This is how I get educated on it is that sometimes the smartest move is not to kill a person like bunny who is not the type who seems like he would be happy if he could be out and just doing what his old job was right. Like working right. those streets which you seem to be doing well so but what do I, I don't know i just thought the whole thing was kind of interesting but the scene itself too was fucking nuts like that was some good practical stunts it looked like they really lit somebody on fire yeah yeah that was yeah that was sweet and then i, I thought the opening sequence uh was sweet too when uh when like i said when bunny was uh, looking between the bars and he had on the like I said the white boxers and yeah. the white t-shirt and he sees the one guy just go you know oh. well we don't see it well we don't see it happen but we see the end result yeah. of this guy uh going head first off the off the second floor oh, like that shot that they had right before it <laughs> right before the uh, music played like oh man you guys really went for it with this one yeah you could see the skull fragments and yeah all that yeah shit. and then you could see it hanging off the off yeah. the railing thing that yeah fence. that was oh i'd see it hanging off the railing yeah like the fence railing that hangs so you could oh, it was man. like there was like dripping if i may or maybe i just imagined it because it was <laughs> brought that up it was so it was so graphic but yeah this show when they go for it they they do go for it like that and um it does convey the brutality and just remind us like this is an and just like uh Toby Bamtifa's performance there just bring that's the I like that about this show. I like the seriousness of it and the and the statements on the system and stuff like that. I, I kind of value that about the show. Yeah. Um all right, let's talk a little bit about um Kareem. Yeah, yeah. Um so speaking of another kind of graphic scene, when Carney is looking for Bunny. We see this guy throwing up, you know, it looks pretty bad. They take him away. Later on, we find out from Carney approaching Kareem that this is one of the guys that raped Kareem during the riots and one of the three. And he had, we saw him beat the shit out of them. So this is like longstanding internal injuries that he has. Mm -hmm. And they're afraid that or Carney is like, I'm going to take care of it for you. We later see Kareem looking at the same one saying he's a good kid to what looks like is like a DA or a prison official or something. Um, this kind of confused me, Mike, because it's like, why didn't they just say that another one of the prisoners beat him up? Carney even mentions that. Yeah. that Like 
that was a weird scene to me too. And I had a couple of friends who watched that episode. They were they weren't even clear on what this guy's significance was. And I think that the reason that the reason that, that that was a little bit difficult to ascertain, I think, is because at least well, at least for me, this was the case. I don't connect anybody to a rape because we I don't believe we didn't see that, right? No, we saw him being taken away by the prisoners in the during the riot, but we didn't see we thought he might be dead. Right. So like I didn't like I didn't leave that scene thinking rape or anything like that. So when we come to this season and they say they it got mentioned in therapy. Right. I was like, "Wait, I don't remember that. I don't remember seeing that." Like so then it made me wonder like, "Okay, did this happen or did it not happen?" And so then we had the scene where he beats the guys and I'm like, "Okay, I guess it did happen." And then we get to this next scene where they're talking about, okay, he's one yeah, of the three. It happened. And I, I just feel like the 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 I guess uh facelessness of these people mm-hmm. is what makes it harder to connect hmm. like, okay, these are the yeah. guys that did this thing. Yep. And because yeah. we we didn't see it happen. We haven't even really got a good look at any of these people. They had because you remember they had the fucking pillowcases over their heads when he was beating them. Yep. So it's like I think that's probably why my friends were like, I don't, I don't like who is who is who is this guy, but yeah, I, I think that was uh, that was a, a confusing situation too because like you said, the, the, any either or any of those options work really easily. So I don't, I don't, uh, what, how is this gonna? I feel like they they're not they're only introducing this because it's gonna have some sort of blowback, but how? How are they gonna believably make blowback from this? Yeah, um, well, we also did see that scene. Remember when Kareem was huddled down in his house? having like having a panic attack and his wife finds him. Yeah. 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 Um, so that kind of shows how we didn't get to see it, but obviously he's having severe, it's having severe effects on him. Um, but yeah, I agree. It's, it is not completely spelled out. I think when he says he's one of the three, that's what clued me in. Yeah. Me too. But even then, it was like, his I, I just remember that there was three pillow-headed people. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, they must be the pillow-headed rapist. Like that, yeah. But so. it's it's just weird because I think both Carney and even Kareem says, "Is he was he beaten by another prisoner a while back? Or, and you know, and I guess they're trying to conflate it with the transfer of prisoners. So, and I think it's, that's interesting because they're basically trying to say like, okay, it's true that the the system eats the prisoners alive, but it also does the people working in it, right? Mm-hmm. And when they move to this new place, just like as we saw with Carney, where the big dude uh, who beats the shit out of Bunny is like, You're, this is our place now, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so Kareem is trying to navigate being the de facto uh, warden to a non-prison, but just prisoners. He's just there to oversee until they could be transferred to this new prison. And that's the prison that we saw them tour earlier. Mm -hmm. So that's my understanding is that they're still going to be transferred yet again. Right. And that's why he's like, welcome to prison for the time we're here. You know? So once he gets to his prison, he can kind of take control. So, Oh, is that what we're laying this down? Could this be used against him? Who is Carney working with? Because he seems to tell um, Kareem where Bunny is before he tells Mike. So is Carney working? And Kareem doesn't seem to be working with Mike anymore. So Carney can become an important person here because if he could pass some sort of information to Mike about this prisoner, right? And what happened to Kareem, perhaps Mike could oh, use that in some yeah. way, free bunny or tell like the, that threaten to tell the DA. It also gives him leverage in the new prison and to get I back like on that. top. I like that. I just I don't trust Carney to do something that, that benefits. <laughs> like, I, I feel know. like I yeah. I just do not trust Carney. Like I feel like he's gonna fuck Mike over in some way. I do too. But that makes a lot of sense, though. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure it out, you know. Um, but I like that. I like this new aspect because, really, with the old warden, it was just that he was kind of milk toast and he was like just uh, like a puff, like you know, he he didn't really he had no substance to him, right? 
so Mike could kind of boss him around because he controlled the guards, you know? But now he doesn't have that, so he needs to somehow get um because Mike has fallen out with everybody. He somehow needs to get advantage. Um, but again, it does rely a bit on Carney, who doesn't seem to be the most reliable person, but he also seems to be in with Kareem. So I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, um, I have a question for you. Um, do, what did you make of this scene? There's a scene in this episode that I could not make hide nor what's, oh, the, what's what the phrase is. hide nor hair of. Yeah. I, I don't um, The scene where Ian visits this guy, Charlie, in yeah. prison. <laughs> like what? Like. Okay, well, for for one, did you recognize the guy that played Charlie? Oh, of course, he's been in a ton of stuff. The Shield. Um, okay, yep, yeah, yeah, okay. SWAT. I did, okay, it took yeah. me a minute because he looked so much older, but I'm like, yeah. holy shit, it's my man from uh, Lem from the Shield. Yep. But yeah, that what what's up with that scene? Like, did I miss something in a previous episode where that was supposed to mean something to me? Or are they in, introducing an entirely new angle? <laughs> in, well, in episode five. Yeah. At first I thought this was somehow tied to the other serial killer from last season. Remember, but that ended up, they killed him. But I, I don't think it is. I think that this, I, I try to read a couple of reviews and do a little research for the shows. And from what I can gather, He's never been in the show before this character. He's trading burgers for bodies. So, right, he's trying to get information, but he tells him that the bodies are in Ohio. So he says, is that a problem? And then Ian is like, no, I think he's like, no, but I, but I guess he would have to go with it. I don't know. There's some speculation that it might be setting up kind of a subplot with Ian leaving and having to go to Ohio to take care of, find these bodies, which would mm -hmm. leave Mike with even less support. <clears throat> yeah. That's the only thing I can figure out. I like the scene though. Yeah, yeah, I did too. I just didn't know if I, I just didn't know like did I miss yeah. something where I'm supposed to know have I'm supposed to have any idea what's happening right nope. now. Like I don't know who this guy is. I don't know why Ian Ian went to go see him. Uh the only thing I could glean from it was exactly what you said that this, this he's he's trying to get these locations of some bodies. Yep. He had he even had a cool he he had a cool line too. It was something like uh he said something like the one in Ohio is in a couple of places. Like he, yeah. he implied that it was yeah, a rough one. He, yeah, 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 yep. I thought that was a that was a nice little line. I'd like, yeah, hey, okay. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing something. Maybe it's going to be like Mine Hunter Ian, and then we'll have to do a whole other podcast <laughs> for the spinoff. Um, oh, that'd be sweet. But I mean, you know, that is the that is the co creator and writer of all these episodes. So maybe he wants to give his character something else to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, which I'm cool with. I think that might be fun. Or like I'm like one one uh, review I read theorized that this was just a way to pull Ian out of Kingstown for a little while um mm -hmm. leaving only Stevie who we now we th also might be working with Milo or you know what I mean so right it, it could kind of cause uh some bullshit um all right man we've been moving at it we've been figuring out this whole fucking show I like <laughs> um one thing we didn't talk about is Kyle we had I was a, just about to ask you about Kyle. Yeah, touching moment where he's downing a bunch of vodka because he finds out that he's cleared. He can go back to work for the state troopers or the, the merchant marines or whatever the fuck he went to <laughs> upstate. <Man. laughs> um, but he doesn't seem to want to go. His wife doesn't seem to think he's ready. Um. I mean, I watched him. I watched him chug Smirnoff out of the freezer like a Russian teenager. He's definitely not ready. <laughs> like, I know it's not ready. <laughs> he was like, "Where's Joseph and Milo?" Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, like, yeah, man. he's fucked up. He's definitely. I mean, he's playing this really good too, man. Because I mean, when yeah. we first met him, he was like Mister Confidence, telling you know. Oh yeah, um, it's a totally different. He's playing a totally different character this yep. season. Yeah. Totally different. I, I, I'm. I, I still feel like he's not gonna make it, but um agree. I think I think I think what they're doing with him is pretty pretty interesting. Like like I said, they're laying the trauma on thick for that guy. But I also like that they're not going I don't feel like they're going overboard with his reaction to it either. Like I feel like you could have like somebody who's had 
you know, experience the the trauma that he's experienced with the the what happened in the prison in the finale mm-hmm. last year, and then mm-hmm. uh, the shooting incident. And you could have him be like completely ridiculous and over the top, and and you know something where it's just like, okay, this is a bit much. I like it's I like it's more of like a an internal struggle of like I'm really having a tough time, but at the same time, I gotta I gotta keep it together on the outside because I need a job, I need to take care of my family, I got a kid coming, I'm gonna be a shit father, like dealing dealing with all of those things and bearing his his sorrows and and frozen Smirnoff. Like I think that's just. I don't know. I, I think it's it's a it's a good level of dealing with trauma combined with I also am taking on additional premium responsibilities. Like that's a lot for somebody to deal with. And I, I think he's doing I think him trying to find that escape through work and, and working with Mike, no less, which is the worst decision you could possibly fucking make. Yes. Like it's it's I don't I don't know. I, don't, I only see a bad I only see a bad ending for Kyle, unfortunately. Totally. But like when slash if it happens, it will have been a I will applaud the character arc like good, great work with that guy with that character, I should say. Yep. Totally agree with you, Mike. Totally agree. I, I mean, he it's that's that's what I'm sitting there thinking during the whole um, conversation with his wife where. She's like, it's too soon. Take some, take some time off. Take a month off. And he's like, but I got to work. This is who I am. And I'm like, so you're going to go work with Mike? Like, <laughs> it's like, exactly. It's like even worse. Are you kidding like, me? Like, man, if you were to take your mind, get a job at fucking yeah. Home Depot or something, Seriously. man. <laughs> work with Mike. <laughs> I mean, goddamn. You know, like maybe Mike can be the chef and he can be front of house or something. He's a good looking <laughs> guy. You know, I mean. Try to do. Try to open a restaurant in Alaska. Take the wife. Take mom. T- t- take bunny with you too. Just get the fuck <laughs> out of Kingstown. Seriously, Kyle. Get um, out of here, Mike. But we do have a, a. There is an interesting scene which is setting up. And I was. I've been saying this from from the first episode. I and I. We said we talked a little bit about it last season. Heath and I. An eventual like Kyle versus Mike thing, possibly. Mm-hmm. But Kyle does get on Mike after the diner scene to drop the Milo fixation. And he's like, who fucking cares about Milo? Let him take his fucking money. And then Mike goes into the whole thing. He broke something. And when he breaks Ugh. something, he's got to know he broke it or something, you know? Ugh, I hated that line. So I hated that. Like, because uh, uh, he's talking about Iris, right? And yes, I'm just like, oh, can you? Like, I'm like, if he's going to, because I'm like, Kyle made a, <laughs> Kyle made an incredible point. I'm like, yeah, why don't you just let Milo go? <laughs> like, yeah. like, that's a great idea. And, and then for him to be like, yeah, uh, I can't because he hurt somebody that I don't know who doesn't have a personality. Like, okay, <laughs> well, like, like at least make her worth being stupid it over like come on man seriously if if Rhonda's not in the show anymore she just serves a purpose as to show what a poor mike's got a broken picker as they say you know like <laughs> here you have this much better looking cool with it powerful woman and you're going after fucking iris you know what i mean it's like come on seriously mike they, they gotta they gotta do something with that like give give me like give me some sort of resolution on what her purpose is because right yeah. now she hasn't even really served a purpose other than being kind of like Mike's you know little I guess I don't think he thing he yearns for for whatever reason yeah I, I it's it, yeah. oh gosh I just I I don't know what her point is and I thought it was I, I was super interested when I thought it was a long con me and too. now it's it's more. been so long that now I no longer believe it to be a long con. And now I'm looking at my emotional investment in Iris that I had in season one and be like, that was a waste of fucking time. And then wow. like, if it does end up being a long con, it's been too long and I don't care anymore. Yeah. So now, I'm gonna, so I just, uh, I just feel like they really fucked up, fucked up the Iris thing. The con could be on us. I still am convinced <laughs> that be. she's going to save Mike and kill Milo or something like that's the, that's the long game that, she she has to make an ultimate choice between them and she chooses Mike or something, you know, or maybe not. Maybe she shoots Mike at the end of the season or something. I don't know. I just I have a feeling we're going to see more of her next episode. We didn't see her this episode. And I hope that even though I don't watch the coming attractions or whatever, but I, I do hope that this progresses in at some point to something more interesting than her just having 
like these different women give her lectures about um, bulls and steers or what was it? I don't remember the episode. <laughs> you know, that's about a- hyenas or coyotes or some shit. I don't remember. You know, real quick, that's another that's a thing that I don't like when I see it in, in shows uh, and it, it's not a movies thing. It really is a show's thing. When a character returns to the same place that they were at previously in the show's run. So I feel like like Iris is right back to where right. she started. She's got to move And forward. like that yeah. irks me. Like, I, I don't like returning to the same point. I, I, I had the same problem with. um uh, Theon on Game of Thrones, like to a lesser extent, but like. Um, when they did the whole episode where it looked like he when he was getting tortured, where it looked like he escaped, mm-hmm. and then it had it was this whole charade that Ramsey did, and then he ended up right back there. I didn't like that. <laughs> I was like, what was the point of that? He's like right back there now. So like all that stuff that happened in between was pointless. Like I didn't, I don't, I really don't like ending up back at the same spot, and that's where Iris is now without any kind of like payoff to 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 justify being back there. It's like I, I didn't gain anything from this. Like I, I just don't feel like Iris has been relevant. And I would agree with you. Just got to keep hoping. I mean, I, I, I did like last season where it built to the crescendo of Mike taking out all the Aryans. That to me was was interesting. Was a cat was that a was character peak. turn. Yeah, that was peak Iris moment. Yeah, and it wasn't even about Iris; it was about Mike in that yeah. scene. But I, I love, I loved that scene. Like I was like, oh, like even I was, I did not see that coming. Me like neither. he's like, is that the guy? And shot him. I said, right I, through I, the oh, window. Shit. Like <laughs> yeah, out, out loud. Oh, that shit. was badass, right? Right. Yeah. Through, oh, like, I love that. That was crazy. That he shot him right through the window. He's like, fuck it. Um, maybe we'll see a little bit more of that come out of Mike, and maybe that's part of the allure that that she has is she releases that in him or he, he, it gives him an excuse to act like that. But, uh, I don't know. We shall see. Um, I think we come to the end of the episode. Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? Um, nope. Yeah. I I asked about the, what you thought about the Ian thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, nope, I'm good. That's all I had. Cool. Yeah. I think this has been great. It's been wonderful having you on. Why don't you tell everybody uh, where they can find you? Cool. Um, so you can find me first and foremost uh, at Michael underscore Aaron on Twitter. That's my my personal Twitter. And then you can find me uh, one Mike on YouTube. Uh, you can search that. It's Mike, like my name, M-I-K-E, not M-I-C, like a microphone. If you search that, you're going to get a Nas song. Um, and you can find me on Twitter as well uh, at one Mike Network. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Awesome. Oh, and one mic on Facebook as well. And there's also a Discord chat if you guys want to join that. Um, I I can't recite the URL, but I always have the (laughs) link to the a link to the Discord is in the episode description of every video. Cool. Nice. Yep. You're doing a great job, man. Knocking it out. I think you might. Gracias. you, You possibly. Well, you have a job, which I'm a stay at home dad. So I think I probably watch a bit more TV. But you, you might watch more quality TV because I do watch things like La Brea when I'm just hanging out. <laughs> Man, fucking uh, the one guy in the group got me watching that Milf Manor show, so I can't. Oh my I can't, god! <laughs> I can't say, I can't, oh. I can't, I can't say anything bad about you. <laughs> yeah, I do watch a lot of crappy reality too. Yeah, that's Peter from Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's who funny. it was. Awesome. All right, Mike. Well, seriously, this has been a great episode. Thank you so much for coming on. I hope everybody go out there and subscribe to Mike's YouTube. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll I'll, I'll text you because we might might ask you to come back again next week if Heath is uh, cool. still getting ready for his uh, his big premiere. But thanks everyone Probably for will. listening. Thanks for downloading. We got a new review on, uh, I think, iTunes this week, and we got a bunch on Spotify. Thank you very much. That's much appreciated. Helps people know that we exist and we're out there. Um, Once again, you can become a patron. Go to patreon.com slash DVR if you want to support the show. Join our Facebook page. That's Daily DVR on Facebook. I'm not really on Twitter that much anymore. Uh, I think just try to keep it to the Facebook and look at people's kids and shit because I'm old. (laughs) Um, That's just me. So we'll be back next week for episode six of season two of Mayor of Kingstown. Peace out, everybody. Peace.